This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. Now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome again to the Cloudcast, coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. Aaron, how are you doing, man? A couple shows in a row, you and me are actually on the show together. I know. We'd have to actually go back and look. This might be a record for the consecutive number of shows we've both been on together. <laughs> I know. I know. Tonight, tonight, Tonight's going to be an interesting show because I think we're setting a couple of firsts. It's it's the first time we've done a show on a Friday. We typically do them late at night, uh, so we're doing them on a Friday. Uh, first time we have had a venture capitalist on the show, uh, which is very cool. We're going to get to see that side of the world. And first time we've had a uh, a doctor on the show. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show, Steve Herod. Um, I think a lot of folks know who you are, but uh, Steve Herod, former CTO at VMware and now managing partner at General Catalyst. Uh, thanks for being on, Steve. It's great to have you on. Oh, thanks. I have to do two corrections first. Um, oh. Definitely technologist first, uh, venture person second. And uh, to be super clear, I'm not the useful type of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so if, any, if anybody's out running with scissors, Steve's not going to fix you. <laughs> not your guy. Not your guy at all. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we, we've been saying, uh, we, we, you know, a long time ago when we started the show, we were doing a lot of stuff around data center and virtualization infrastructure. We've kind of shifted the show towards, you know, you know, kind of where the industry is going, uh, transformational software, open source and stuff. You've made a shift. A lot of folks, as we said, know you from for a long time, being really visible at VMware, early employee, eventually grew to be the CTO, you know, doing keynotes. Talk about what you're doing now. What's what's your new role? Where do you how, like how do you see the world differently now that you're not on the vendor side? You're on the on the venture side and, and getting to see a lot of cool things maybe differently than you did before. Yeah, it's great to get, I mean, when you're not at a particular vendor for one thing, but also when you're in a, in an area, even like you guys, in terms of just getting to look at so many different spaces. Um, so I'm first and foremost, I'd love the really thorny problems of infrastructure, the, like the grunt work of it. I'm not into sort of the glamor apps that get a lot of attention. I really like the underlying um, stuff still, but uh, I've really had a, a lot of fun getting to meet a lot of new founders, a lot of companies, both completely unrelated to doing investment, but just trying to learn and picking out a few areas that are super interesting. Um, so I, I definitely still look at all the things that are changing around how people are using public and private clouds. I, I, I love SaaS applications and some of the opportunities and challenges. Um, but as late, one of the areas I've really gotten into is thinking about really what the future of, of application writing in the enterprise is going to look like. And I've, I've been meeting a lot of companies that have made a big shift from their own applications being web-based to being mobile-based and really looking out a few years for when most of the enterprises themselves are making that bang, that same shift and the new tools and the new skill sets and, and using APIs, some of the things you've covered on your show. These are all the areas that I'm getting really uh, excited about and putting in the context of all the CIOs and all the big companies I've worked with on the pure infrastructure side. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's, that's very, very cool. <clears throat> so I, I guess I'll, I'll ask this and, and we had prepared a bunch of stuff, but you know, one of the things 
that a lot of people uh, kind of wonder is like, what what do VCs do? What's what's your what's your day? What's a day in the life? A week in the life? Um, you know, obviously people come to you a lot of times looking for you know investments and money, but what are you doing? You talked about talking to the CIOs. You're looking at like what's a what's a week in the life of, of a VC or your you know your life these days? Yeah, I think everyone's a bit different. I, I certainly, um, you know, I, at VMware, I, I spent a lot of time meeting with venture capitalists. We we bought a lot of companies and, and lot got to meet a lot of companies wanting to be in the ecosystem. And the reason I actually joined venture capital is that I uh, I didn't see anyone coming at it from an angle as I would, sort of coming from it from a very customer, very uh, running engineering and thinking about CTO things. So I, I'll self-admit that I probably do things a little bit differently from the other uh, folks that are in here. But what's cool is I'm actually doing a lot of what I loved as a CTO, but doing it in a new context. And if you kind of abstract you know, way up a little bit, my job at VMware was great. There were lots of things that were um, really fun. You spend times meeting with great people, meeting a lot of companies outside of your own. You have to create an opinion about where the world's going to be a few years out. Um, and then ultimately you pick a couple of areas and you make a big bet with a small group of, of engineers to prototype it. Like that was my job at VMware. Um, especially the part I enjoy the most. And I'm pretty much doing the same thing here. So I, I spend a lot of the week is um, completely unrelated to trying to find the next big thing. A lot of it is meeting with the hot companies in Silicon Valley, um, big companies, small companies, ones that have no desire whatsoever to, to get an investment, just to really understand what's going on, hopefully to offer some uh, some advice or some experience that I might have gained along the way. And for me, it's more about like really trying to get a holistic picture of where the trends are and where people are headed. And so if you look at my calendar in the course of a week, probably half the week is spent just meeting interesting people and companies around technology that have nothing to do with investment. Uh, you, you definitely find a couple of very interesting startups that you want to get to know very well. And, and more importantly, you want them to get to know you very well in case you end up wanting to have a, you know, like a longer term relationship together. It sounds like dating in many ways, uh, which it is. Um, yep. And then lastly, uh, once you do invest in companies, then you obviously – I think the really good venture capitalists are spending a lot of their time trying to help them uh, either recruit or help them uh, get to key customers, all those things that you can do to, to aid and, and uh, help them in the journey there. So, so it's a really fun thing because every week is different and it's going to be kind of into whatever technology areas you're finding most interesting. And, and so uh, it kind of changes from Monday to Friday, what you think you're going to do versus what you actually do. Yeah. Very so, fair. Cool. So Aaron, basically other than all the money we're, we're, we sort of are like venture capitalists. We talk to people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll talk to people. We just don't have any money. <laughs> so, so Steve, we've had a number of VMware alumni-based startups on the show, and and there's very very uh, several prominent VMware alumni VCs. There's your you know yourself, Jerry Chen, of course, Diane Green. Um, we've kind of joked before on the show. Yeah, there's kind of the the PayPal mafia out there. Have we? Do we have the start of the VMware mafia now? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and, funny. I think if you look at where people have gone, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be there for almost 12 years and, and even working on it at school beforehand. So like a lot of really great friends. But what's what's cool is how many different things they've gone on to do. Um, certainly some are investing, but um, a lot of startups, actually you've covered several of them, have you know, very key people from VMware and the, and the leadership roles. And a lot of bigger companies, uh, Cisco and Workday and Oracle, you know, have a, a lot of people as well. So it's it's such a generally small technology arena and when you have good people sort of gravitating together and then moving off the funnest thing is you know you're really getting to explore and, and meet so many different companies along the way so i never personally like the term 
like the mafia or anything like that. It was actually a, actually you guys would know this. It was originally coined by a team out in Amsterdam who I think oh, is yeah. pretty unhappy that, <laughs> that yep, yep. some others might have grabbed that. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Duncan, Duncan and Frank and all those guys. That's right. They don't they don't like that uh, someone used that term. That's <laughs> true. So and again, like, we don't want to talk about VMware entirely because um, you, you've moved on. You're doing a lot of stuff. Um, VMware was, you know, sort of the, I don't, and I don't want to put it in a past tense, like sort of the last great package software company, if you will, because it got started, you know, 10 plus years ago when, when people were buying package software, you know, the world's changed a lot, right? Open source is a big deal. You talked about SaaS, cloud computing. Like when you when you look at the world as a VC, like how do you shift your thinking about what's what's success? What's you know in terms of technology, a good investment? You know now that the, the, the economics are different, how people consume software is different. Like what, you know what what do you use as metrics to say like that's interesting to me? I think it's a big trend, or I think that's the type of business I might invest in. Um, how's that changed for you over you know as you as you sort of shifted? Yeah, certainly the like the how has changed a lot. Open source, you, you nailed all the, the big things that are really different. Um, not as much licensed software going out there. Um, almost everything, almost everything these days has a SaaS component to it or some sort of hosted version of it, um, at least as an option. Um, so sort of the how the value gets to people has changed in a bunch of different ways. But kind of the, the core, you know, the core way that people bring value and the core thing you're looking for is. You know, at the end of the day, people are looking for things that either um, save them money or they help them move better, where better might be faster or more securely or more safely. Um, and so you're really looking at just ultimately how do you find a company that's going to move the bar? And you always hear people talk about it, but especially when you're at a young company, you need to move the bar kind of 10x to, to really get the attention you need. So in the VMware case, it was actually a fun story because it – the original sales of VMware, as you got into the server side, it was, as you guys know, it was a capital expense savings story. You know, buy fewer servers, which is pretty easy to justify. Um, then you move from that to actually saving on people through operational expenses. And so pretty much every startup, it's very, it's much easier to get in by saving either capital or people time. Uh, but then you have to get to sort of the, the next level of, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of IT needs or something like that. You move from money to really helping people move faster, or you look for someone that's going to really make them more secure. Uh, I'm really focused on uh, security in a lot of areas. And then you have to think about the big crease or the big change that's happening. And again, you guys have covered this quite a bit, but obviously the arrival of uh, public cloud um, and not just these sort of hybrid models, but absolutely all different types of clouds, whether it be a place where I back up things, whether it be Dropbox, whether it be SaaS apps, or even uh, some of the uh, Amazon or other public clouds. So you, you then take the new model where they're going to, where things are split all over the place, and you apply those um, you apply those needs to where the puck is going. And so it's it's really a combination of that. What's the core value, and then is it relevant and increasingly relevant in where the world is headed? Cool. So what based off of that, what kind of trends or technologies are interesting to you these days, both? As an investor, but also kind of as as you know the techie geek side of you as well. Yeah, I definitely I stick with techie geek first. <laughs> that I think the uh, <laughs> the things follow that um, hopefully make very sound investments. But yeah, I've been really uh, I've gone through a couple of different waves of things that I'm most excited about. The one I like the most right now is thinking about 
I kind of said at the start, but really, what does it mean for mobile to really hit the enterprise? And we've all seen it in the consumer life in, in so many ways, and I just ordered my iPhone 6 and all that. Um, but the, the true impact it's had on business is still very, very early. And this isn't about you know BYOD, that sort of thing, like companies allowing you to bring your phone. This is like, what if you truly embraced mobile as a company and, and really had your developers driving the future of your enterprise IT by being mobile app developers? And I'll, I'll go into this in just a little bit, and then we can go back and forth. But it, I think it's really interesting to look at what's happened at kind of pick four or five really interesting companies. Um, if you look at Facebook or Salesforce or LinkedIn or even like even like Intuit and, and companies like that, they were 100% web-based companies. And then they decided that for largely for user experience that they had to go to kind of first they didn't have to have a mobile app. And then they had this nice little hybrid app, which is uh, – some cool technology that came along to do that. But now it's full on, you know, in many ways they're shipping the mobile application first. That is absolutely the, the top priority. And it trickles down in each of those companies' cases into uh, how they train people, what a release cycle looks like, what their testing infrastructure looks like. Um, it really has hit every single aspect, and they've now become kind of mobile first in all of their own work. And so I'd like to step back a little bit and just say, as all these other enterprises go through, maybe not as dramatic as a transformation, but certainly as mobile hits for internal applications and anything they're doing, what are these big changes uh, that they're going to need? What are they really going to look like? And so really exploring that has been what I've been spending the last several months on. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and go ahead, Brian. No, I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense. And it's, it's, um, I mean, you think about, you know, a lot of times we think about them sort of as, as consumer applications. So an Uber or you know Salesforce, and you kind of go, well, they make sense because at the end of the day, the the bulk of their business is somebody is in a place where uh, you know they have their phone, they have the internet, that's everything they need to con con basically conduct yeah, business. Right. And and what's sort of what what'll become sort of interesting, especially if you're you know potentially looking at it in the enterprises, um, you know, do little things like. The, the, this bigger iPhone 6, which I, I guess isn't really that much bigger than a, an Android one, but you know people tend to like the Apple experience. Like, is that going to make a big deal? Is that going to make a big difference? An extra, you know, three inches, you know, or three centimeters, one way or the other, because now you've got a bigger display, and if you've got a bigger display, maybe you can do more interesting uh, displays of data or graphs or something. And yeah, that's got to be kind of an interesting uh, space to think about really, really hard. Yeah, and I yeah, was going to also add from a from a personal experience like this podcast. You know, we've been at it a couple of years now. When we first started the podcast, most people consumed our podcast on a computer or downloaded on the computer and somehow got it to a phone or did whatever. And and now I went and looked at our stats the other day. We're like sixty five to seventy percent mobile now. Yeah. Um, and you know, just just in the last couple of years, you know, our product has gone mobile, and that's the way we've started to think of everything as as mobile first as our strategy as a podcast. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think every every industry will have a different set of ways that it affects them. Um, to your point, it'll be you know, obviously, if you're a knowledge worker and you're still sitting in front of a laptop or computer most of the day, then that the, the impact is less dramatic. But for the times when you're not sitting in front of your desk, or I think more importantly, for a whole class of businesses that that just aren't the, the traditional knowledge workers. Um, this might be, let's say I have a cafe. Like if I have people working in my cafe, how do they give me feedback today? How do they uh, sign up for their hours? How do they do these different things? I don't issue them a laptop and have them uh, do their world like that. 
they have their own device and they need a way to get to applications that really help them communicate with me. Or if it's a franchise or if it's any sort of business, again, where you have workers that are on the go, uh, it really applies just very differently based on the, the type of company and the type of workforce that's there. Yeah, no, and it's and, and the thing about it is I think sometimes we think about it like in the techie world, but like, you know, we've, we've got a great friend to show, a guy named Christian Riley who works for Bechtel, who's a construction company, and mm -hmm. they are doing all kinds of cool stuff. You know, so their, their business is people out, um, you know, in the field, building stuff, dealing with concrete and contractors, but yet they're figuring out ways to use like 3D rendering technology to see what an environment would look like based on blueprints they're you know they're using you know mobile apps from the the contractors and the foremans to go oh okay i've got a status update i can watch cement dry and see if it's curing <laughs> and so stuff that like you know you're, you're not thinking is very technical but you're like boy if you can put information like right in their pocket or right in their hand anywhere they go it, it really does open up a lot of doors and i think sometimes we 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 tend to think about it only from a technology perspective but like you said like if you're a shop, if you're a coffee shop, you're a barber shop, you're a whatever, you're not going to give those people a mobile device, but how they get their hours, how they want to, you know, mm -hmm. get feedback, like totally, totally, totally different stuff. It's very cool. And it's funny, and all these, you know, like we're, we're all techies and, and the communities we live in are very techie on so many fronts, but you've got you've to really get out of just this environment to, to see a lot of opportunities. It's very easy to be circled around the new web company building something a new way um, and, and really lose track of exactly what you said how much how much larger of a proportion of the world is not really uh, obsessed with technology at this level they just want to solve problems in new ways yeah now you know you've been in the past if anybody follows your twitter feed like you you know you explore the world you i mean you were you were sort of seeing the world as a as a cto how much is a as a venture capitalist, especially if you're thinking about mobile or, you know, how much do you go out and explore the world, you know, outside the U.S. to go see what other people do? Like how much, you know, kind of field research do you do to go find that next trend, see what the people in, in Europe or Africa or Asia are doing? Um, is that part of what you, the, the way you experience things or, or how do you deal with that? Yeah, a lot of different ways. I think first and foremost, it's absolutely important to realize, you know, A, that the use cases for technology vary dramatically on region, on size of company, on just as you said, on uh, how core technology is to their being. And then the second is you know, absolutely great ideas. Tons of them come not from the tech hubs, but from all over the world and increasingly so. Um, so, you know, obviously you can't travel all over the world and, and just visit individuals. So really it's the conference scenes, uh, different types of conferences where people come together. And what's really cool, um, obviously, is services like yours, things like Twitter, things like Facebook, um, really engaging in social media outside of the normal circles has proven to be a, a really good way to do this. And what's fun about being in, um, in Silicon Valley is that so, so many people from all around the world are in visiting here as well. And so getting a chance to, uh, to sort of hear what people are bringing along the way when they come here. I drink a lot of coffee in this job, uh, meeting with people who just want to grab a coffee and talk about what's going on in their part of the world. That's good. So go, going back to the, the VC for a second. So you, everyone, when you think of a VC, you just think of you're doing investments. But, but there is that kind of, I don't know cultivation of companies, if you will, and, and kind of helping them grow and, and thrive, which is also part of it. And so what, what what's your job like on a daily basis of how involved do either you or, or your organization get involved in, in companies and, and, and trying to really kind of influence markets overall? 
Yeah, it's a it's a great question. At, at the very top level, it's a really simple business. Like all you ultimately do is, um, like in its simplest form, you you find a great company you want to invest in, and then you help them. And everything else sort of is secondary to those two functions. And so uh, it's also a cycle. So when you do help a company and you prove to be particularly helpful, then they'll tell their friends who who later on might want to have you as an investor. Um, so I, I'm a big believer in sort of uh, I don't know what you'd call it like technology karma where you you kind of just help as many people as you can and hopefully provide good advice and and you know ultimately other good things come around and so i think a lot of the time you spend absolutely directly with i have uh, a few companies that i've invested in which you know absolutely i'm calling up uh, people that i've worked with in the past to help recruit them i'm introducing them to uh, key buyers at customers um, um, uh, you know, on a whiteboard, sort of thinking through architecture and through vision. Like that's what you think of as most directly what you do. But you're also out there uh, introducing them to uh, to people who are doing well, actually doing podcasts, people who are doing analyst work, uh, people who are doing conferences. Really, just trying to make connections between interesting people to help them get their story out or to help them be able to uh, recruit interesting people. So I, I think the main point uh, to get across is like. It has to be about a much broader community than just the, you know, being inside the startup itself. It's about making them fit within whatever tech hub they're trying to be in. Yeah. And so that, that just really opens it up to, uh, I spend a lot of time going around to the big companies in Silicon Valley, just doing tech talks on building engineering teams or on what it was like to uh, grow up in competition at VMware. And I think that ultimately does have a purpose, but it's very indirect. Yeah, no, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just my sort of limited background with some of the smaller startups, it's you, you think you know what you're doing or you think you know what your market is or what your vision is and, and stuff changes. Like, you know, the market changes a little bit, you know, who you get introduced to changes what you might be focused on. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I have, to, I have to imagine, you know, like we had VC partners who would introduce us to people and then something would change and they would go, oh, well, you know what? I know people over here too. And we can, <laughs> we can get you. And it's like, oh, that's fantastic because now people care about this feature that we have as opposed to maybe what we thought was the big thing a while ago. So that's, yeah, that, that's gotta be, it, I, I guess I would think when, when people are looking at, at, uh, you know, venture firms to work with, like they want that breadth of who you guys know, the, the, like I, I met a uh, long, long time ago when I was working at Cisco, I met sort of the, the number two guy at Cisco and he told me this great story and he said, you know, I asked him, I said like, you know, what, I was really young and I said, well, what was your, you know, what, what, what made you successful? And he said, you know, the thing about it is I failed a lot <laughs> and it kind of, it kind of shocked me at the time, but thinking more about it now, it's like you, you learn a lot more from failure. Sometimes you learn what's going to happen. And I got to imagine, you know, you've, you've had success in things, you've had failures in things and you can bring that to the companies that you work with, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, uh, it's fun to talk about VMware, which is obviously just an unbelievable growth story. Uh, right before that, I was the head of uh, software at a spectacular failure. <laughs> so um, I think I, I learned at least as much from that as, as much longer time at VMware. Yeah. Um, and, and that definitely happens to no startup really ends up shipping what they originally planned to and the ability to to shift and have uh, support for shifting and, and to really be able to get the new environment around what you're doing is, is obviously something people need to look for, but they don't usually recognize that up front. Everyone generally thinks that their idea is going to be the one that, that they go out with. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, so Steve, what, what trends that are out there in the market um, that you think like when you're in, when you're out talking about things or doing research, what do you think like the mainstream press or are the pundits, what have they, 
gotten right and what have they gotten wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I have to be really thoughtful on this one. Um, you know, there, I think you, you definitely get a, a lot of uh, hype around certain topics and, and it was, well, it was and is like big data is the solution to all problems. Uh, we've seen things popping up around, um, well, OpenStack has had its, its share of up and down. And I think uh, Docker might be the thing having the most dramatic up and down going on right now. Um, at the end of the day, I, th I think it's it's a little bit boring, but what I almost always look for is how do you get people from where they are today to that next great technology? And I think not enough startups and not enough people talk about how do you get from here to there. And it's partly because you have all these new startups, these new web companies that pop up, and, and of course they can move straight to something that's you know brand new. We're straight to Mesosphere running something. And they can do that because they don't have any existing infrastructure or things behind them. Um, but it's a little, you, you kind of can't just say, here's Nirvana, throw away everything you've ever done. You have to kind of think about how to get there. And it's not great for press, and it's not the most exciting thing on earth, but that's absolutely what I always like to look to. And I think companies that really um, acknowledge how much is existing and where this fits with the existing world are the ones that tend to get adopted a lot more quickly and tend to grow into very large companies. Yeah, I, I think we I think we see that all the time. Is I mean, the, the number one question we get from folks kind of off the air is, like, where, where do I go next? What do I do? How do I figure stuff out? Which ultimately is what you're saying, which is how do I get from what I have today, which has its own set of baggage to the, the cool new stuff, which will eventually become the new baggage. And um, so no, that, <laughs> totally make, that totally makes sense. So I'll sort of wrap this up last question, because this has been very interesting, but we want to be conscious of your time, especially on a Friday. So you know, you've always said you're, you're a techie at heart. Um, you know, you're, you're super personal with people. What's a, what's a, what's a thing that's got you sort of, that you think is cool as a techie that maybe you're kind of playing around with. It could be a personal thing. It could be a, you know, a, a technology thing that that's a little off the beaten path that you think, you know, people should go take a look at. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I started my career as a, as a programmer, like doing some, uh, low level software work and, and I've been steadily training myself to write mobile applications. So I, maybe, maybe a lot of people are already onto this, but I've been playing with Swift lately, which is the, the new language Apple has for writing, uh, applications and sort of an interesting new environment. And it's pretty awesome. You can, uh, you can definitely write, uh, <laughs> I think they have a downloadable flappy birds version that you can really uh, get going quickly and so I like the new the new technologies around writing applications that are very speedy from the time you have an idea to getting it uh, out and something you can actually show your your friends on a phone. So that's been a that's been something I really enjoyed a lot lately. Very cool. So you're writing you're writing stuff on the side. You're building apps. <laughs> I am definitely building apps. I, I think uh, I've uh, outsourced design to 99designs, and I've tried a few different things along the way just to sort of see what it's like to be a startup these days. Very cool. There you go. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, listen. Awesome. Um, so, you know, as we said early on, thank you so much for being on. Um, you know, a lot of times we ask our folks, you know, where can they go find them and, and so forth? Where Where are you going to be? Um, where can Where can people come pick your brain or, or buy you a coffee or, or <laughs> buy you a beer? Or where are you going to be out and about in the next few months or so? Yeah, uh, so we're in Palo Alto. We actually have a Victorian home here with great coffee. So I always welcome people to swing by downtown Palo Alto and look us up. Um, I go to various conferences. I'll be at the Amazon reInvent Summit, uh, which I probably wouldn't have gone to in my older life. <laughs> but very excited about. <laughs> yeah. um, and other than that, I'm just uh, you know Herod at GeneralCatalyst.com. I'd welcome email anytime. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at the CloudcastNet 
are on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone.